In this simple but very important message, we revisit the truth about God's intent in creating man for dominion and how this was lost through sin but restored in Christ. As believers, we are to reign in life and walk in dominion over demons, the world's system of evil and situations that contradict God's purposes. Alright, so um, today we are going to be looking at uh, the authority that God has given us as believers. Uh, the Bible says that children of God uh, are called to rule and reign. So, you know, we're going to be focusing on that uh, this morning. Um, any of you ever wondered why did God create us? Why did God create me? Uh, I don't know about you, but I've asked that question uh, several times. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I know that though this, this is, this is uh, 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 you can't give an answer to that question all in one shot, right? W today we can find a part of the answer. Uh, let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. I'll read it for us. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, let them have, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So a couple of things we notice here. Firstly, is that God created man. Okay, man and woman, God created them. God created them in his own image. And we also read here, uh, uh, God says, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Dominion refers to rule, reign, authority, power. Uh, and that's God's original intention. That's God's original design where God says, I am creating man to rule and reign. You know, not to be subdued, not to, to um, uh, you know, just be crushed under pressure, but I am creating man to rule and reign. So God chose Adam and Eve as the new stewards of, of his garden. Uh, he put them in place and, you know, God gave them everything they needed. God gave them an intellect. God gave, gave them creative abilities. God put in them the, the capacity to be leaders, you know, leadership, whatever it took to rule and reign over the rest of creation. So we see very clearly here that God made the rest of creation subservient to man. Psalm 115 verse 16 also tells us that the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth, God has given it to man. Which means that you and I, Every human being, man and woman, is, is called to, to um, rule over the rest of creation. But we all know what happened in Genesis chapter 3. We read about the fall where uh, the serpent cunningly and craftily came to Eve uh, and said, Did God really say? Or doesn't he tempt us in the same manner even today? Where he says, Oh, did God really say? Did God really tell you? not to eat of that tree, not to eat that fruit, the forbidden fruit. Um, and we know the rest uh, of the story. What happened uh, is that Adam gave in to the temptation, Eve gave in to the temptation. They sinned against God. The one sin, uh, think about it. You know, they didn't eat 25 apples uh, to make God very angry. They had one bite uh, of, of, I don't even know if it was an apple, the fruit, right? So they had one bite, but what we realize is that our God is so holy uh, that one small sin was good enough to alienate Adam and Eve from uh, the life of God, from the life of God. And so uh, there was a fall, and as a consequence of the fall, what are all the things that happen to the earth, to human beings? Well, we were alienated from the life of God. So which means that uh, now those who are born in sin are, are predisposed to death. The spiritual death, and the Bible very clearly tells us, a physical death as well you know, follows. Though we are born here, 
uh, in the world, there is, there is a day, there is a time when, when people die because uh, this, this world uh, is under corruption, right? Uh, we also see Romans 8.21 where, where uh, the earth, all of creation, every part of creation has been tainted by sin and which is why corruption uh, is part of everything. Okay? So these are all the results of sin. The consequences of sin are death. And uh, this gave permission for the devil to interfere with our dominion. This gave permission to the devil, Satan and his demons, to torment us, to oppress us, uh, and have open doors, open access into the lives of men and women. But thank God, Thank God that God did not let it be as it was. And, and God chose to find a solution to this problem of sin. Because of sin, you know, many things that we see in our world and we, we, we question, you know, how come this is happening? How come uh, we, we, we find uh, tsunamis? How, how come certain things are happening and, and there's no control? People, people even use, use uh, the term that, okay, this is from God, right? But what we understand from scripture is that the entire world, all of creation has been tainted by sin, which is why. It is in corruption and many things are out of control. What else um, happened after that? We thank God because God being a loving and merciful God uh, sent his own son, his own son Jesus to redeem us. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. We read that if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in this life through the one Jesus Christ. So here clearly we notice that God sent his son to pay the price for sin. God sent his son to take on his wrath that was supposed to be, that was meant for man and his sin. So Jesus came and redeemed us. Redeemed meaning uh, he paid a ransom. He bought us back. He bought us back from sin, the consequences of sin, the corruption that's in the world, uh, death and all of that. So Jesus redeemed us. Jesus has repositioned us. We who are the redeemed of the Lord, the Bible says if you are the redeemed of the Lord, then you must say so. We are the redeemed of the Lord. God has done many things for us uh, in Christ Jesus. Now, we are children of the light. We are no longer children of darkness. The Bible talks about darkness, where, where people love darkness. Jesus said that when he was on the earth. He said, look, uh, there are Though I am the light of the world, people are unwilling to receive me because they are in the dark and they love the dark. Dark has to do with hidden, hidden things, things that uh, you know, should never be exposed. But thank God, Jesus has translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And you and I seated here are children of light. You and I are sons and daughters who are in the kingdom of light. And we are urged to live lives that are fitting uh, as children of the light. Now, we read in Romans chapter 12, uh, the Bible tells us, don't be conformed. You know, don't don't uh, pattern your life. Don't pattern your lifestyle. Don't pattern your words. Don't pattern your thinking according to what is uh, existent in the world. But be transformed. Be different. Be different. Because this is what has happened to us in Christ Jesus. Now, can, can we just say that I am different? Okay, I am different? Yes, we are different. So much has happened to us and for us because of the redemption of Jesus Christ. And so thank God, you know, God restored our position to rule and reign once again. He pulled us out of uh, everything that we lost and he also re restored our position of dominion uh, once again because we are in Jesus Christ. Okay, So the position we have now, we look at 
what, what sort of a position this is uh, that we have now. Uh, let, let's read uh, in our Bibles from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God has changed our spiritual position. Romans 6 throws light on, on the fact that, you know, verse 16, we were enslaved by sin. Sin is, is, uh, is a slave master where we do not have the capacity to say no, but we are driven by sin. But the Bible tells us because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we are no longer slaves of sin. We have dominion over sin. We can master the sin nature. And that is what Jesus has done for us on the cross of Calvary. Colossians 2.15 we, we read a very uh, wonderful picture there. It, it talks about how Jesus, by hanging on the cross, he has disarmed the powers and principalities uh, of darkness. Disarmed, uh, in other words, stripped them of any power, any authority, any capacity. Right? So Jesus has won such a victory on the cross of Calvary. And verse 15 also tells us, triumphing over the cross. Triumphing over the cross. So he, he caused a glorious, a victorious procession against the enemy. And we as believers, we as believers, yes, we know all these things, but we need to receive it. We need to understand it. We need to, to uh, cooperate with God and walk in these things. We need to exercise our dominion over the devil and over sin. So what position has God really given us? In these verses, we, we read that God has positioned us. He has made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay? Uh, we're seated here with our family. We're seated here with, you know, some children are here sitting with your parents, sitting with our friends. Uh, but think about this. The Bible says even though we are here, right, the way Jesus talked about himself, he said, I am from above. So are we. We are from above. And we are seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. What does it mean? What does it really mean? Where Jesus is seated, you know, it's a place of authority. It's a place of dominion. You know, from where, uh, you know, we can exercise dominion over on the earth. And we as believers, positionally in Christ Jesus, are seated next to him. Right? And we too must, must uh, take cognizance of the fact that now we have that kind of authority, which is why, you know, even this morning we, we prayed, right? We prayed for our church, we prayed for uh, our state and our nation. Uh, these prayers are very important because we are not ordinary in Christ Jesus. Every word we speak, you know, the prayers we make uh, have authority in them. And seated together with Christ in the heavenly places is that, is that where we have been given such authority, such power, such dominion, such rule that we could even make decrees in line with God's word uh, and those things will come to pass. So we as believers, if we are children of God, we are born again, our spiritual position is that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places places. So God has positioned us for dominion. He redeemed us for dominion. He has also positioned us for dominion. And today we look at three things that, that we can exercise our dominion over. Uh, and towards the end, I'll just wrap it up by talking a little bit about a very important principle for us as believers. The first 
um, aspect is that we have dominion over demons. Okay? Uh, as children of God, what must be our reaction to demons? We get scared. We're afraid. Oh, demon. You know the word demon, demons. Should that be our response? Not at all. Jesus has won the victory on the cross of Calvary. And now we are positioned with authority. And so we have authority over demons. We have authority over the works of darkness. Once again, Colossians 2.15, Jesus has disarmed. He has disarmed. He, he um, has defeated the enemy. So we are people who are fighting from victory. We are fighting from victory. If you ever uh, uh, watched a, a football game, you know, there are some who are defending. Uh, they they um, are with the ball and then there's, there's others going to grab the ball, right? So uh, we as believers should not be defending all the time. We are the ones who should be on the offensive in the kingdom, right? We are the ones who should be going after. You know what the Bible says about Jesus? 1 John 3, 8 tells us that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came with an agenda. No, he didn't, he didn't say, okay, I'm going by the way. Okay, I'll heal a few people, cast out a few demons. No, but there is a goal and an agenda because, you know, God does not work against himself. So God works against the devil. God works against the kingdom of darkness. And you and I have that authority. We have that capacity. And we shouldn't be the ones who are afraid. Walking down the street, it should be the demons who are afraid and say, oh my goodness, those people... Oh, you know, who, who heard about their position this morning, they are coming. Okay? And they are fully aware of what power they carry. Amen? So we should be going after uh, the, the forces of darkness. We should be going after, uh, you know, the destruction that the enemy uh, is causing us. And always remember, always remember that anything, anything at all, which we discern as the work of the devil, we have authority over and we should exercise that authority so what what are the effects of, of uh, the, the forces of darkness demons and, and and you know the powers of darkness look like uh, some of the common common things that we experience is in the area of our mind okay uh, we we see that uh, uh, satan uh, can put thoughts you know, he, he can put in suggestions there uh, things that uh, are not naturally ours uh, and if we go along with it, then eventually he wins the battle. Not because we have not been given the victory yet, but simply because we have chosen to cooperate with the enemy. Uh, an example, an easy example would be that of fear, right? So the enemy could put thoughts in our minds that tell us uh, that we're not good enough, uh, that things are not going to work out for us, uh, things have always gone wrong, you know, maybe we've, we've shifted from another a city and we've come to Bangalore and we're thinking, hey, uh, am I going to get good friends, neighbors, uh, or, or, you know, we've just uh, received an order for, for a job and we're thinking, oh, will I be able to do well or not? Some of it is natural, but even beyond that, you know, we could be oppressed with uh, thoughts of fear, thoughts of fear that torment us to, to the place where we withdraw, to the place where, where, where we are paralyzed. We're not able to do anything anymore. How do we deal uh, with the influence of the powers of darkness over our mind? Now, first and foremost, uh, recognize it. Recognize it. Don't be afraid, right? Fear, don't be afraid. Uh, and uh, James chapter 4 tells us, submit to God and resist the devil resist the devil. So when we're oppressed in our minds, one of the things we can do is we can choose to resist the devil. We can choose to speak our faith. We can choose to describe our new position. We could say things like, we could make declarations that, hey, I'm a child of God. I'm no longer a, 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 a slave to fear. I'm no longer uh, someone who, um, you know, who uh, doesn't have anyone. God is my father. God has promised in his word, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So, you know, we could go on making these declarations which are in line with God's word. We could resist the devil, submit to God and resist the devil. And the Bible says he will flee from you. He will flee from you. 
So some of the other, other things we, we notice um, uh, the enemy does to people uh, is that, you know, people could come under, people could have, um, be, have sickness. Uh, it, it could be physical or emotional, right? Physical or emotional. I'm not saying every sickness is, is uh, demonic. That's not what I'm saying. But when we do recognize that, you know, there, there is a root cause uh, of a demonic attack here, uh, then you and I as believers, you know, what we need to do is we need to cast it out. We need to uh, evict the enemy. We need to get the enemy out. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Okay, this is what uh, Jesus told his disciples. He said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Nothing by any means shall hurt you. And this is exactly what Jesus did Jesus cast out demons. Jesus told his disciples to cast out demons. In Mark chapter 16 verse 17, we see that anyone who believes, these signs will follow those who believe. And it begins by saying they will cast out demons. We who are in Christ Jesus are those who believe. And so these signs should follow us because we are in. Christ Jesus. Amen? Uh, but, you know, though we know the authority and the position, when we encounter situations, and I'm, I'm saying this for myself as well, right? There are times when you're praying for people and you're like, okay, I get where this is coming from, right? Uh, and uh, we, we're so afraid. We're so scared. We're like, okay, this has to do with the demon. So might as well pray a very powerful prayer. Generally pray powerful prayers. I want to pray a very, very powerful prayer and be out of there, right? But what do we see Jesus do? What do we see uh, uh, the disciples do? What do we uh, see Jesus instruct the believers? He says, cast it out. Don't counsel the devil, right? Don't pray for the devil. Definitely not pray for the devil, right? Do not. Just cast it out. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right? So when uh, Jesus sent his disciples, they came back so amazed. They said, wow, in the name of Jesus, Jesus, do you know, in your name, demons are fleeing. Demons are fleeing. And that is the capacity. And that is the authority that Jesus has given us. And so we can walk in that authority. We can walk in dominion over demons and demonic powers. There are other things, so many things to talk about as to how we can exercise our dominion over uh, the devil. You know, we, we have been given the keys of the kingdom. In Matthew 18, uh, Jesus says, uh, you have been given the keys of the kingdom to bind and to lose. To bind and to lose. So God, God has given us the keys where, where we can, can bring the kingdom of God here on earth. So even when we are sharing Christ, the Bible talks about spirits that blind uh, the hearts of men. Spirits that blind the hearts of men. Right? We could pray prayers that will release, that will release um, the people. We can lose them to listen to God's word. We can lose them to receive the word of God. Right? So we can use our capacity. We can use our capacity against uh, demons and demonic forces uh, uh, because God has already won the victory for us in Christ Jesus. Let's look at uh, what else we have victory over. We have dominion over the world. Okay, we have dominion over the world. The world uh, in, in the Greek is cosmos, which has to do with the world systems and their influence. We have victory over all of that. Uh, what come, comes from the world? What kind of uh, influence comes from the world? Uh, in 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 16, uh, we read about the things of the world which are the lust of the flesh, uh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, which is not from God, but which is from the demonic forces, which is from the world. Right? But we as believers, we have been set free. We, we have freedom 
in Jesus, we have also been given authority, right? Because Jesus has now uh, redeemed us and, and now we are no longer slaves of sin anymore. And thereby, we can overcome any sort of temptation. Any, anything that the enemy is doing against us, influencing us through uh, the world. So we as God's children are overcomers. We are overcomers even against the world. Let's read uh, 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 and 4. Verse 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that, that has overcome the world, our faith. Right? So whatever is born of God, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. We are overcomers. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, we are overcomers. We are no longer slaves. We are no longer slaves to sin. Now, what, what is the lust of the, the flesh? Where uh, Satan uses our very desires. Oh, and some of us as believers, we say, oh, God is tempting me so he could, he could refine me like gold. Sorry. The Bible says that God does not tempt anybody. We are tempted because of our own desires. So the enemy uses our natural desires Okay? Um, and, and just as we cooperate with him, our desires, you know, desires gone wrong, our lust. We could begin to lust after things, lust of the flesh, where, where we want to experience, we want to engage, we, we want to find that gratification. It could be, you know, sexual things, it could be uh, food, it, it could be all sorts of, of things that we want to experience. As for us, as young people, we live in a world where, where uh, media bombards us with information. I know there's uh, suggestions uh, uh, all over the place. You watch a, a movie, you watch a, a, a TV program, absolutely everything. Right? And as God's children, one thing that we need to know is that we don't have to succumb under pressure. We are overcomers. Lust of the flesh, we can overcome. And we may be of the mindset that says, no, but I, I must experience. I must experience everything. Uh, I, I must engage in everything. I, I can follow the lifestyles of my friends and that's not going to affect me in any way. But you know what the Bible says? This body, this body was, was redeemed as well. Right? So 1 Corinthians 6.20 says that you were bought with a price. You are not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your body. So one of the simple tests that I use is, is I ask myself, okay, is that really necessary? Uh, if it's not, then I don't have to be there. I don't have to be doing that. Um, secondly, is it glorifying God in any way? Is it glorifying God that, you know, I, I, I be out uh, in a place where, uh, you know, I, I mean, anyway, let's not go there, but you know what I'm talking about, right? So we, we have, we need to check we need to check, uh, we, need, we need to um, find, find out whether something is really necessary to glorify God or not. And, and Romans 12 tells us, you know, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. That's your, that's your least, most reasonable service. Most reasonable service. Offer yourselves as a, uh, bodies as a living sacrifice to God. So uh, when, when we uh, have God's word in our hearts, Right? Proverbs 4.20 tells us if God's word is in your heart, keep it in the midst of your heart. You don't need a, an MP3 download every time, right? You don't have to be putting your uh, earphones. But God's word is speaking to you from uh, the heart. And God is guiding you. God is leading you and saying, hey, don't go in that direction. It's only going to cause destruction. Lust of the flesh, where we want to engage, we want to experience, but we need to test ourselves. You know, is this really... Glorifying God. The second trap is the lust of the eyes where, where uh, th there is no requirement of appropriation, but when you, you, you could desire delight with just looking at things. You know, the way uh, Eve saw the apple and she said, hey, it looks good to my eye. The lust of the eye. Uh, there are things in our lives uh, that, that have taken our attention. The first look, we can't help it, but the second look can always 
help. You know, some, someone said, uh, these days when you look at the billboards, you find a scantily clad lady with a small car. And you're not sure what exactly is being, you know, advertised there. So we can't help it, right? We can't help it uh, as we're walking down the road or, or there's, there's media everywhere. There's suggestions everywhere. But what we can do is we can avoid the second look. We can avoid uh, the next step, right? And we can, we can ask God. One of the pow most powerful prayers we can pray while in temptation is, God, help me, okay? God, help me. And, and God will help us uh, to overcome, have dominion uh, over the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life, the third one that the world uh, uh, suggests to us is that uh, if, we, if we can uh, hoard up riches, if, if we can have uh, everything that the world has to offer, you know, the way uh, Satan tempted Jesus, that everything will be at your feet, that we will be fine, that, that is truly our, our position of dominion, but no. We uh, must exercise our authority, have God's word uh, in our hearts as a deposit and overcome the world. And we have uh, the capacity to overcome. We must dominate uh, the influences of the world. And the third area where we have dominion is over circumstances. Uh, I'll read for us um, a passage where we see Jesus traveling with his disciples. Uh, it's Luke chapter 8. Verses 22 to 25, it says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filled with water. They were, f they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and waves, and they obey him. So notice, uh, you know, Jesus takes every opportunity uh, to teach his flock, his disciples, a spiritual lesson. In this case, a storm has come against Jesus and his disciples. Jesus told his disciples, we'll go to the other side. Okay, so uh, he had purposed in his heart, he had a vision. Uh, and Jesus, compared to any one of us, you know, he is the one person who was in the will of God. Because his communion with the Father uh, was so, so strong and he was so well connected. Even though you know, this, was, this was a plan which was in the will of God where Jesus wanted to cross over to the other side, a storm comes their way. We as believers, sometimes we make choices. We say, okay, God, for you, uh, in the name of Jesus, I'm choosing this for you. Uh, I, I'm going to do this, and I know this is in your will. Uh, and maybe we start a business, right? We start a business. But a few months into it, as we're not doing very well, our thoughts are, was this really God? Did I really hear from God? Am I heading in the right direction? Right? We question ourselves. When storms hit us, how do we respond? Jesus was sleeping in the boat, and the disciples responded with fear. They were afraid. Why is this happening to us? We are in your will, God. Why is this happening to us now? But Jesus wakes up and he teaches them a lesson. He rises up and he speaks to the storm. He says, peace, be still. And the storm, storm calms down. Right? The circumstance has changed. The disciples are amazed. They're looking at him and they're thinking, what kind of a man uh, is this? That even the winds and the storm listen to him. We as believers, as children of God, we have dominion over our circumstances. Right? So when the boat is shaking, 
we know we're in the will of God. We know we are, we are in line with God's word. We're moving along uh, the right path, but the boat is shaking, right? Instead of uh, confessing that, oh my goodness, this is going to be Titanic 2. The whole world is going to hear about this, right? We don't do that, but we speak to the storm. We command the storm. Don't even have to pray. Don't even have to pray. Lord, I'll just take a moment to pray. No, command the storm. If there's something coming against God, we have the authority to command. We have the authority to command our circumstances. If you're experiencing strife at home, right? experiencing problems at work, there are things that we can speak to. We can command and we know that things will change because that is what Jesus taught us. He has a very, very important principle, the principle of faith. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. The same verse we, we uh, read earlier that talks about us being overcomers um, in the world. It also tells us this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. In Mark 11, Jesus once again talks about the principle of faith. The principle of faith. Now he says, though the situation uh, may, not, may not be in favor of us, right? circumstances, and even natural, um, you know, natural substances like the, the water, the wind, right? All of these abide. They heed the command of God. They heed the command of God. Uh, and Jesus teaches his disciples another lesson here where he speaks to the fig tree. He speaks to the fig tree. He speaks to the fig tree on, on one day, and the second day, the disciples um, see that the fig tree has withered from the root. Once again, his disciples, his fans, they're amazed. They're like, wow, Jesus, yesterday you cursed the fig tree. And today, the tree is, it's dried up. What happened? What happened? In verse 22, Jesus tells them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. No matter what has happened, right? Have faith in God. Know who He is. Know His power. Know His, His love. Know His mercy. Have your focus on God. Have your focus on God. Then you will be able to believe. You will know what He can do. When you know that God. When you know your God. And so Jesus uh, firmly tells them, have faith in God. Even when you, you command, you issue commands, you speak the words of authority that, that, that God has put uh, in your mouth. He says, have faith in God. When God says something, it will happen. And then in verse 23, uh, he, he teaches them once again, if anyone has faith as small as a mustard seed, and if they command a mountain to be removed and be cast into the sea, and believes in their heart and does not doubt, it will happen. It will happen. And this is the overcoming faith. Not big faith, mustard seed faith. Where you and I, if we can... If we have faith as, as small as a mustard seed, we can command, we can speak to things. We can speak to our circumstance. We can release joy in place of strife. We can release peace in the place of strife. We, we can release the, the presence of God where there's confusion. Right? So we can dominate because this is a faith that dominates. Faith always dominates. We can believe, we can command and speak it. And God's word promises us that even circumstances, situations that we encounter will change. Amen? 
So we have been called to dominate. God originally created us to rule and reign over all of creation, over our circumstances, to be victorious. And as believers, now we have been repositioned to that place of dominion. And with a little bit of faith, we can exercise our authority. What's bothering us? Uh, are they demons? Uh, is it the world that's tempting us? Or are there circumstances that are so difficult, which we never thought we would encounter? We have the dominion. We have the authority. We can rule. We can reign. Man, we'll take some time to just respond to God's word this morning. I request um, our worship team to please help me. Let's turn our hearts to God. And be assured that the reason why He has put us here at times such as these is so we can rule and reign in line with the Word of God. That we can see the kingdom of God released here on earth. The kingdom of heaven where there's no sickness, there's no oppression of the devil, there's no work of the enemy. But where there's the power of God, the rule and reign, the dominion of God, His peace, His joy, His righteousness, and the magnificence of who He is, the Lord, our creator, we as his people are not called to be subdued under the pressures of this world or the forces of darkness, but we are called to arise. And this morning, church, may the, the Spirit of God minister to our hearts and issue a call to arise, arise in the name of Jesus. Take your position. You are called to dominate. We are called to dominate over the works of the devil. I'm no longer 
children thank you for the love of the father thank you God for for receiving the prodigals thank you God for for waiting on the prodigals thank you God for restoring our position as sons and as daughters for clothing us oh God with honor giving us a place God next to you as children this morning I just want to invite those who have never never received the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior and the Bible says that if you receive the Lord Jesus if you believe that he's the son of God who who came to sacrifice his life for your sins and your sins will be forgiven that you will become a child of God all we need to do is to believe in our hearts and say with our mouths so wherever you're seated can you just pray this prayer with me and say Lord Jesus thank you thank you for loving me Lord thank you for redeeming me father thank you for repositioning positioning me for dominion i receive your love god i thank you for the sacrifice of jesus on the cross of calvary i accept it forgive me lord forgive me of my sins i give myself to you I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter forever. If you've prayed that prayer, if you meant it with your heart, then know that from this moment on, you are a child of God. You're no longer a slave, but you're called to dominate. And Father, we bless, Lord. We bless each one who made that commitment. Is there anyone who's made that commitment? We don't mind. You want to put up your hand? after the service please feel free you could just come in and talk to some of us here we'd be happy to talk to you and father we thank you Lord for your word because Lord we know that it does not go forth, uh, Lord without power Lord that it will accomplish what you sent it for and father we thank you this morning that circumstances are changing in the name of Jesus Lord, we thank you. We thank you that people are being set free. Lord, particularly in their minds, oh God, that, that Lord, they're experiencing your freedom, God. They're experiencing the liberty of the Spirit of God. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. We know your word is truth. We know that, Lord, your word sets us free. 
And Father, we thank you. We thank you for the, for the strength, for the empowering, Lord, of your word and your spirit. That, Lord, each one of us can walk this overcoming life. We can use this dominating faith. And God, we can proclaim your majesty. Lord, where we can display your splendor. What Jesus did 2,000 years ago, each and every one of us, oh God, can display those same works through the power of your spirit in and through our lives. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for every breakthrough. We thank you for the changes in hearts. And Lord, we bless you and give you all the glory, give you all the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, if you could please rise to your feet. I'd just like to pray the benediction over us as we close this morning. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forever. And everyone said, Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.